Welcome back, everybody. This is the You Are Not an Artist podcast, and I have another exciting interview for y'all, uh, a very special guest uh, that used to live in San Angelo. If you guys are from here, been here for a while, and in the art community, you probably know who Mijo Ocon is. And Mijo uh, has returned to help judge the Artists for Artists show at the uh, SAPAC, the San Angelo Performing Arts Center. And uh, she has allowed me to steal a very uh, small amount of her time because um, she's only here for a very short period of time in San Angelo. And uh, so I decided uh, to reach out to her and ask her if she wouldn't mind letting me interview her uh, just to get to know her better and ask her some really interesting questions about her art career because, you know, she was already top level you know, when I met her, when I first met her, when she was here, and then she left and really kind of catapulted into the stratosphere of the art industry. And she has a lot of great knowledge to share. And I asked her some really good questions um, just to kind of get a feel for how she did it, uh, what led her there, and and what are some things that she's doing now? What are some challenges she's facing now? Anyway, we had a great conversation. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. And please share it with your friends and family, um, share it with other artists so they can hear all about Mijo's journey uh, coming to San Angelo, painting here, and then moving on to where she is now, which is Albuquerque. And you can find her in a lot of uh, really uh, highly publicized art magazines, especially when it comes to um, art of of the West um, and that that genre of, of artwork. So check her work out go check her out online um you can even find her on instagram and i'll put it in the show notes as well her website and all that information so without further ado here's the interview so i like to keep this pretty pretty casual it's not like a formal (laughs) it's not like a formal interview like on uh on the radio or on tv or anything like that it's more just conversational yeah yeah. good just to catch up and you know see what you what you've been up to but uh I guess one of the first things I was really curious about knowing was when I first met you back in, I think, 2012, I think, is when I first met you when you were at the chicken farm still. Because you left in 14? Yes. 14, right? Yes. Um, I never really knew more about your history here. Like, you're from here in San Angelo? No. Or you, where are you from originally? Uh, born in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I was uh, the gypsy of the family. I've lived in uh, New York City. I was in upstate New York, South Carolina, northern Indiana, um, Alaska. So I picked all these little places. And I remember somebody say, what are you running from? And I said, I'm not running from, I'm running to. To, I just don't know where it is yet. (laughs) So uh, uh, my husband and I met and got married in Indianapolis. And then uh, we had lived there, I don't know, five or six years, and he wanted to retire. He was working with Ford Motor Company, and I had been in advertising, doing uh, mostly design work, but some illustration work. And so it's like, great, where, where are we going to go? So we couldn't decide. Uh, he has one daughter. So she, at the time, was living in Colorado Springs. So we drove out to Colorado Springs. She said she was going on a cruise with her husband. Could we stay with her two-year-old baby? So we said, sure. So she said, but Dad, don't move here because we're moving to San Angelo, Texas. Oh. So 
We're like, we're San Angelo, Texas. So we did a bunch of research while she was gone. She came back, we jumped in the car and came straight down here. So uh, when we moved here, it was 2006 in December. And uh, it just, I saw the art center, the art museum. Uh, at that time, they were having even rainfall. It had never reached over 100 degrees. I mean, it was like, what could be more perfect? So uh, we found a, a house. It's kind of like a townhouse in this um, little area, kind of south and east side of town, which we really liked. And um, at the time, I couldn't get into the chicken farm. I went and met Roger Allen and showed him my work, but you know you had to wait space available. Right. So my first studio was actually a block from block and a half from here. Really? Uh, do you remember Raul Ruiz's yes, old of studio? Yes. I was upstairs. Were you? Yes. Yeah, so wow. I was there for I want to say a year and a half, and then my husband uh, was kind of interested in a job in Austin, Texas, and I didn't want to. I wasn't interested in moving there. We had, I'd, he would be there, he was there for six months. I would drive out on weekends and look around. It was just very, very expensive. Yeah. I saw uh, they had a big art studio tour one weekend, so I got to see tons of studios. And um, there was one place that was very small, no bathroom, and it was like $1,500 a month. And it's like, whoa, that was way too rich for my blood so but I decided I wasn't going to worry about it if it was you know meant to happen you know things would fall into place and if it wasn't which as it turned out it wasn't meant to be he decided he didn't want to be there so he said forget Boston and then I got a call from the chicken farm and said we have a space so I got a space in the back with uh, Jerry Warnell and mm -hmm. Susan. Mm -hmm. And so I was happy as a little clam, and it was my 9-to-5 job. You were there almost every day? I was there every day, yep. Yeah, yep. I remember. Yeah. There wasn't a time where I didn't see you in the studio yeah. working. Yeah. Um, how, how long before you moved here were you already painting and, and working I kind out? of always painted, but I never really had a dedicated space. I was doing... I remember a big painting I had done in the garage, mm -hmm. and, and actually before we even, we had just moved into our place, I was upstairs in the bathroom painting because it had this great skylight, so that gave me some light to paint, so it was, um, you know, I was just, I was a, one of those kids that drew from, you know, four years old, three years old, I was sure. always drawing something, so um, my dad had said you got to have a job to make a living so that's why I went into advertising, advertising and design, design. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember noticing your artwork when I first went to go visit and it was it was very uh, it was very well designed in terms of just the structure of the painting itself um, afterwards when I noticed that you were talking about heading out and, and yeah. moving moving away did you see that maybe San Angelo was being more like sort of like a, a foundational sort of um, period in your career where you were like, okay, here's the showing up every single day, building inventory, uh, kind of honing in, figuring out how I wanted to, to create these paintings. Is that kind of how you viewed San Angelo, your time here? No, when I got here, um, what I wanted, my thought process was that I'm out of advertising mm -hmm. and I'm going to do 
what I want to do. I don't have anybody telling me that uh -huh. it has to contain these colors or it has to be this size. It was whatever I wanted to do. And I was going to have fun at it. So that was kind of my prerequisite. And then um, when I had, I was up in the studio, Raul's studio area. Um, see, I always did a people could do people really well. Mm -hmm. I've been, I'm a courtroom sketch artist, so I can do not only people, but I can do them very fast. Did not know that. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, uh, well, in fact, if you YouTube it, you can see uh, I've just done some trials for um, ABC. You're kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So I just did one this last summer was uh, the big uh, trial on um, Larry Rudolph, the dentist from Pennsylvania, who was uh, convicted of mur murdering his wife in uh, Zambia so that was I was up in Denver for a month so that was really interesting because you get to sit through the entire trial the entire trial and you yes. are there and you're yep. staring at them yep. and everybody yep. and you're just capturing the moment yep. and oh my yep. goodness yep. what an opportunity that is yeah. how long have so, you been doing that for, for I did that um, way back in Indianapolis which where I graduated from Indiana University mm -hmm. um, there was uh, somebody had told me one of the radio stations was looking for a sketch artist. Hmm. So uh, I went to the radio station. I said, hi, I'm your sketch artist. And they said, well, we haven't even advertised this spot. So, <laughs> you know, we, we're just not going to let you walk in and have it. So they said, but it's almost five o'clock. So why don't you just go sit there right by the cameras and draw the, uh, you know, the announcers, the uh, anchors right now. And I said, okay. And I was then hired to do the job. And so, you know, that's, it's a business where it's on, you're on call or, I mean, it's not a consistent business. Sure, and sure. it only works if they don't have cameras in the, uh, uh, in the courtroom. So at this point I'm doing basically federal trials in oh, New wow. Mexico. And that was a, a federal trial up in Denver. Wow. Um, do you think, I, I can imagine that you've got to capture a lot of drama in those sketches. Is that kind of how you look at capturing those uh, You know, moments? they sit there and they'll talk for a long time. It also depends on where I'm at. In this last one, I was, the courtroom was big, I was far away, hmm. and the judge was really, really, you know, no, cam no cell phones, especially mm -hmm. in the peanut gallery or the um, press. Right. And uh, so I was had a special chair, and I had to sit there, and I was in the front bench. So I was actually, I have actually passed the bar, technically. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> so, that's funny. So um, anyway, the second day of the trial, and I have these uh, uh, field glasses, these little ones for bird watching, mm -hmm. and so I had those up to my face, oh, and the smart. judge called me out. He goes, "You, what is that?" What are you doing? What's in your hand? And, you know, the whole, everybody stops and we're all looking around like, who are you talking to? And then all of a sudden he's looking at me and it's like, you know, field glasses. And you need those? Yes, sir, I do. So, and it was, you know, the moment passed. Wow. So, wow. I did not know that. That's something yeah, that was a very yeah. particular, yeah. interesting thing. And then the one it. before that I did, which was also ABC the year before, was uh, heavy COVID. So, uh, it was you know mass mandatory uh, spacing in the courtroom, mm -hmm. and the very back row was allowed for press. So, however, we had a special room 
uh, a small room, which a giant television screen, so we could sit anywhere as long as we each had our own little desk. So that was perfect. Then the camera's just right up in their face. So that was, you know, very easy. That's great. What an interesting story. Yeah. Um, looking at the magazine you have here for Art of the Art of the West, um, is this yours on the cover? Yes, it is. This is yours on yes, the cover. Um, what would you say is like some of your heavy influences? If you were to pick like two or three influential either designers or artists, who would you say really kind of helped you map? Well, my background in school was uh, design, graphic right. design, and we had a really good, we had, I had really good teachers. And I'd say one of the best teachers was my typography teacher because it was contrasting color, size, shape, distance, all these uh, dual things that go on. So I think um, I really credit that with composition and uh, we had color uh, theory class. So mm -hmm. that was a big, and artist, one of my favorites is Andy Warhol. And it was just bold, simple, stark images. So I think in the beginning I was much more graphic in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, those are not necessarily as um, appealing to some people. Sure. Uh, so, and then I've kind of graduated, um, you know, just practice. I'll tell you, I'd never had a painting class in, in college at all. It was all design. It was all design. When I got to the art school, uh, you had to pick. You were either design or you were a painter. Mm. And the painters, as my dad said, there's no job waiting for you. So I went into uh, design and, uh, you know, just practice, practice, practice. Whenever you uh, were here in San Angelo and you were getting ready to go, um, there was a lot. Of, we heard a lot about you after you left. <laughs> oh, we, we did. We heard a lot about you. We stayed. I say we, the royal we, because I don't know who, who else was kind of like uh -huh. listening to what was going on in your career after you left. But we knew that you went to Fort Worth and then after Fort Worth, you went to Albuquerque. Right. What was your experience like in Fort Worth? Well, uh, there was another chicken farmer, uh, Gary Norman, who had he did batik work. I remember Gary. Okay, so he was dating a girl, uh, a woman, and she got a fabulous offer to oversee this big nursing program in several hospitals. So that's what took them to Fort Worth. So he kept saying, you should come here, because he found a little studio in an... Uh, area that was being renovated a little bit like the downtown San Angelo where mm -hmm. you have some buildings there's a, some houses and and such so uh, we still had family uh, both my husband and myself in Indianapolis so we would drive through Fort Worth once in a while mm -hmm. and we kept saying nope 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 and then one day it just like now it sounds like a good idea and part of that was my uh, career was, you know, there's some movement and driving paintings to Austin or out in Fort Worth was very time consuming. Were these for like shows? Or yeah, I had a gallery. Out, I had a gallery mm -hmm. in Austin, and so I just thought, yeah, that would that might be. And my husband's this great cook, so it's like all oh, the grocery stores and oh, foods yeah. and stuff. So he he was all for it. So. 
we get there and uh, we ended up renting uh, an empty building that was long and narrow. The front of it was all glass and it had been an old costume store and it had a uh, kitchen area where it had a sink and cabinets. Uh, so we went to a secondhand store, we got an old refrigerator and we moved a, uh, a stove in there. So that was set. And then the bedroom area was so small, we had to take the door off to put the bed in and then we had a curtain right there. Uh, and there was about 18 inches at most on each side of the bed. So when you got in bed, my husband rigged a uh, television right over the door. So it was almost like a hospital oh TV gosh, where it's yeah. an angle so we could like <laughs> lay in bed and look up. So we, we kept saying we were grad students, you know, this is kind of, we're flipping the order around, but now we're grad students. So we were there and the thought was that we would buy a house there. And uh, uh, we went to uh, New Mexico where my only sibling now lives and she's in Albuquerque. And we said, we will make this Thanksgiving dinner for you. So while we were there mm -hmm. at Thanksgiving, there was a, uh, a shootout right across the street from the studio. There was a little building like an old Taco Bell little square thing and it had been owned by uh, a little bank biker club and if you remember the Waco shootout between the two uh, mm -hmm. biker groups they uh, one of the that was basically the same group only this was few people owned the bike shop they were very or the biker bar they were very quiet they were only there to about nine o'clock you never heard the motorcycles but while we were in Albuquerque some bad guys came up there was a shootout two people died and then the studio next to me had been an old workout studio and shot out all the glass windows in front and there were like eight artists that had studios in there so you know the end was everybody all the artists took off scattered scattered and there's no way you're going to get that collection back in a area you know similar so then this um, was in fort worth this was in fort worth yeah so then we thought well um why don't we just move to Albuquerque? Wow. So, so that's what, how that happened. Yep, yep. And then so when you got to Albuquerque, that's really when things kicked off for you. In terms well, of I, uh, we happened to go up to Santa Fe, and I knew nothing of, I mean, other than it's, you know, art mecca. Right, right. But I wasn't prepared, and we'd had lunch, and it was a snowy day. I walk across the street, and there's a little Western gallery. I'm talking to this man that uh, works there, and just in conversation, you know, nice stuff you know I'm still my head is still in Fort Worth and uh, and I, we had a, this had not at that point decided to move to Albuquerque but I had given him my card and he said is this your artwork and I said yes on your card there was the artwork yep. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, I said yes and he said well what gallery are you in and I said well I'm, I'm not in a gallery here and he said oh well, I'd like you to consider us it's like well Sure, consider yourself considered. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great so, offer. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we moved. It took me about six months to get into the gallery. So the gallery was run by a woman, and she was not as open to me coming in there. I see. And it was like, well, I'm not, I don't really like those frames. And I, uh, well, we'll just try you on a trial basis. Well, eventually, shortly, I had my own room in the, in the gallery. Was it because things were selling quickly? Or? Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I did yeah. well. And mm -hmm. then I was there for 
several years, but they were not consistent. I had many friends and acquaintances come through town, and the gallery was always closed. And yeah, in the very end, she wasn't paying. They were she was spending it on shoes and stuff sure, like sure. that. And then they they did downsize and went across the street to a smaller place. And then things got worse. So at that point, I went. Uh, now I'm familiar with Santa Fe and kind of the layout. Mm-hmm. So I, I found a gallery downtown right by the plaza and I went in there and I said, you should, you should have me and my work. I mean, I, I had to really give myself one of these self-talks. You're not in the gallery now, so if you, they say no, you've lost absolutely nothing. True. So uh, I walked in and the gal said, well, we actually, did you look at the website? Because we have a space you know what you're supposed to do I had thought I looked at everything on their website oh but you missed the. but I missed that so I go home and it says you know drop us uh, you know here's the email give us some pictures and what's your favorite ice cream <laughs> trick question you know read all the instructions so I did that and uh, said I'm at a gallery they owe me money as soon as they pay me I'm I can be in. Uh-huh. So the owner who was up in uh, Wyoming uh, called me the next day, said, okay. So that's how I got where I am right now. Wow, what a, what a journey yeah. um, to yeah. get where you are um, at this time. So how long have you been in Albuquerque now? Uh, it'll be eight years this summer. Eight years. Yeah, and you guys have a home there now? And we do. We have a home. So you're kind yeah. of settled in there. Yes. Yep. Are you still doing as much traveling in terms of entering shows? I, I know you've been in some museum exhibitions and yes. stuff yes. like that. Do you is that kind of where the next phase is going for you? I guess right now, um, as soon as I go back to Albuquerque, right in a week, I will. I'm in uh, the Invitational Cowgirl Up, which uh, is in Wickenburg, Arizona, and there are about sixty artists, women artists, and that is really high end stuff. It took me. 10 years of applying to that uh, show. I mean, I, in the very beginning, I made, from my background in advertising, I made these gorgeous portfolios, sent them the whole portfolio, and, and followed the instructions meticulously. I did that about four or five times, and then finally I said, okay, email's good enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I emailed them, and and they'd say thank you, but you know, not this year. And then I'll never forget. I was in Albuquerque, uh, and I got the the email that said you've been accepted. And it's like, wow, that was that was a big moment. That yeah, that was a huge moment. That is, you know, that was like top on the bucket list was to get into the show. Do you think that getting into museum exhibitions that way is largely based on um, notoriety? Or I don't know. This, this I know this show is uh, they only accept about three to five people per year. So, and it is their biggest fundraiser. It's a sh- huge show. Uh, they will have an opening party basically for patrons at the end of the month, and they'll pay three hundred dollars per person just to come in mm-hmm. to have the dinner and buy artwork. Wow! Um, and it's a good venue they come to buy which is really really you know that's a good thing for the artist um other um museums i don't know i am now co-president of women artists of the west uh this year 
Uh, so talk about traveling when we get back from Albuquerque, uh, from San Angelo to Albuquerque in a week. We're going to drive all the artwork over to Wickenburg because it's too large to, and now getting too expensive to ship. Mm-hmm. We come back, we're home a week, we go back for the big show. Then I have a show in Newton, Kansas. At, um, so I'll be driving to Newton, Kansas for that show. And I'm on the working with our group. We're going to have a, there's an art museum, the Willow Rock Museum in, uh, I want to say Bartlesville, around Bartlesville, uh, Oklahoma. And they have seen Cowgirl Up, so they want to do ah. a Cowgirl Up style show. So that show will be next year. But actually getting into some of these national organizations, I've gotten picky, though, ones that really like, you know, more Western or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or so. There, I've been in clubs that I've let my membership go, um, Oil Painters of America. I mean, it feels really prestigious to get in. They tend to like figurative or landscapes, and that's not really my thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've kind of backed out of those. Uh, hearing you kind of you're in this new phase in your in your art career uh, where you're doing a lot of traveling and mm-hmm. you're doing larger more prestigious shows how do you balance the work ethic that you set here in San Angelo of showing up every day in the studio and working with now having to go and be present at shows and exhibitions and all it's a of lot of discipline it is a lot of scheduling discipline I have um, especially now that my studio is in my house I am more open to interruptions from right. household traffic and stuff. So, excuse me, but I am in the studio by 9 o'clock, and I tend to be there till 5.30 working. And it's not always painting, uh, but it's doing, you know, it's doing something. So I, I really stick to that. And since it's in the house, it's not just five days a week. It's right. kind of like seven, six, seven days, you know. But discipline is really really important do you think that getting out to this new stage that you're in for your I say relatively new because yeah. to me it sounds new yeah. but to you you've been yeah. doing it for, for a few yeah. years now um, do you think that for artists that kind of are starting to get into that phase that it starts to do you start thinking about maybe hiring help on a, on a part-time basis I have uh, somebody who is interested in helping me at home and I said, well, how are you on Facebook and Instagram? <laughs> she says, I know nothing. <laughs> I said, do you uh, have a Mac computer? She said, yeah. And she knows nothing about art. She knows nothing about any of the programs. And I'm going, oh, we really don't have any skill sets that I could really <laughs> use. And, right. I, and, and I'm really so busy that it, it, will be, it would be hard for me to stop and say, here's how you do this program. Right. And here's how you do right. this. So... Um, I just don't see that working out. But. but it would be useful if you had somebody that had those skill sets. Yeah, just could. you know, just maybe even one day a week to kind of right. you know corral me or say, okay, don't spend so much time there. Bring it back here because doing the artwork in any of these shows, uh, it's a lot of pre-planning. If I'm doing cowgirl up, I have to give them by October, I have to give them two large paintings. They're gonna pick one to put in the catalog. But so right now, I have to plan for 2024. Wow. 
So I already know that deadline. So I'm expected to do three large, and I, it's my option if I want to be in the miniature show, and they will allow four miniatures. So planning the artwork, you know, maybe finding your resource imagery, you know, going out shooting, then I have to conceive it, you know, get the right canvases. Then you have to order the frames or the molding for the frame. So it's, you know, really... Uh, there's, does it seem like there's more steps now than there was before in terms of now all the planning that you have to do for the shows rather than you just working to just create? I wasn't in any of the big shows when I was in San Angelo. Right. I was getting into the clubs at that point. Right. So now, um, in fact, there's a big show that I'd like to apply for, the Coors Western, and I thought this is the year to do it. That show is in the beginning of the year in January. So I'm thinking if I would do that, that, and I apply, the deadline's May. So I would have May till like October to prepare the artwork and imagery for them. Got it. So it's, I haven't committed yet, but it's like, this but, is the year to do it. But you have to be considerate of, here it is down the road. Right. And now I have to start thinking about right. applying and yes. what do I got to get? Right. How do I fit that in my schedule? Because I'm sure if I say, yes, I want to do it, and they say, you're in, and I don't do it, then... That's it. That's it. You're done. You're That's not going to be able they to get it. not ask me again. Correct. Yeah. Correct. In terms of, like, your inventory, like, you know, I've I've run into a lot of conversations with, with artists that are kind of at the higher level of their career, and a lot of them tell me, yeah, it's better to have more than, than less inventory, obviously, when you're working and you're being that busy, because you don't always want to play catch-up in terms yeah, of like, yeah. you know, you always want to have something ready to go if there's an opportunity yeah. that comes along. Yeah. Um, how, what's, your, what's your thoughts on inventory? And I, well, I don't have a ton of space, so I don't want a ton of inventory. These shows uh, that I'm in, they want artwork current in the last two years. So uh, I can't, if there's a couple pieces that I really like that maybe went to a gallery and you know, who knows what happened or the economy and they didn't sell. Um, I can't enter them in new shows. So I got, I, and they tend to be some of my favorites that are at the house. So I know in COVID, I saw several artists, well, we're just going to do a painting a day. And I thought, I don't want that laying around my studio. I see. You know, so I, I am very picky of the shows I'm in. So I plan that. So I have seven paintings leaving, like I said, going to Wickenburg. Um, I got the one ready for the Newton, Kansas show. That's ready. There's a show I like, the Bosque in Clifton, Texas. Um, I have three, maybe four planned for that, but I have three. I got one done, two started for that. So, uh, you know, they're, they're like, move them out. <laughs> right. So at any given time, maybe you're like anywhere between 10 to 15 pieces. Yeah. I'm, I try to work on at least three at a time since I work in oils. So wow. I start one, although the, the new uh, paints and the mediums and stuff really dry. I remember painting years ago and having a painting and it was wet. It was on my wall. I'd go by every couple months and I'd touch a little tiny finger in the wet paint and it was still wet. You know, it just took forever to dry. So now the new, the new processes make, uh, you know, at least in 
four days or so, it will be dry enough, dry to, enough to do. put another layer on. Wow. Yeah, I feel like that's a really important thing to consider, especially yeah. in oils. Yeah. You know, it's uh, juggling. It's a lot of juggling and little, you know, things. And if I, smaller paintings, I tend to order frames uh, a couple places in California. So I can frame those. The bigger ones, I found a framer I really like in um, Albuquerque. So as we left town, and these frames were ordered, the molding was ordered in December. She's had one painting now since the uh, middle of January that she just put the frame on and we dropped one other, the big ones off. So um, when we walked in, my husband said, don't you have to pick out something for this one? I said, oh, no, I had to do that months ago, really, mm -hmm. because of COVID. There's a lot of molding that's no longer available. Really? They have to look for, you know, ship it in from somewhere. So um, I don't want to get too deep into the business part of the art, but I tend to gravitate more to that just mm -hmm. because I think it's the most challenging yeah. part of, yeah. of building an art career is managing the business part. You know, the creative part seems like the easy Right. After you get get the hang that's of the it. peaceful part. Yeah, you get a, your Zen mode, and it's like ah. Uh. And then you get an email right. or a phone call or a text or something. Right. Um, so I, I tend to gravitate more to that because I think the artists really have a big challenge there they after do. they've, you know, the honeymoon honeymoon phase of like getting to know your art and your influences right. and you know conceptualizing. It's all very fun, and then then you start selling. And then there's this whole other monster that comes right, right. after that, yeah. which is something that a lot of artists struggle with, right. how to juggle. Um, what would you say that you spend um, more time doing nowadays, more of the, the administrative stuff? Um, or do you really try hard to keep it more like an 80-20 sort of thing where you're 80% creating, 20% sort of managing? I'd say 80-20 that I'm doing more creative. I have a, a pile that of papers that grow or have to be, you know, figured out um, that I will, you when it gets to be a certain height, then I'll work on it. But I am also really, uh, since I'm doing all this juggling, I have, I am got schedules around. So I keep track of shows I want to enter. I, when the prospectus comes in, I print it out. I have a dead, mm -hmm. my deadline is always 10 days to two weeks before the real deadline. Ah in case anything happens. That's a good, and that's so a good I write role. out everything like uh, when it's, uh, when the deadline is, where the venue is, the size restrictions that might apply, uh, when the art, when I would be notified, if so, I'm in. And so then I have a check, you know, if I'm in, uh, I get a check mark. And if, well, if I've applied, I get a check right. mark. And if I'm accepted, I get a check mark. And so I have that schedule right in front of me. So that I'm always on top of. Um, in terms of the, the, you know, the show starts, the exhibition starts, you get your artwork out there, it sells. Is the end goal for you to just keep doing the exhibitions and shows to, to get the income that way? Or is it just to kind of open the door to other collectors that would like commissions or prints or anything like that? I think it's, it's probably more to sell. Uh, commissions are not... Uh, uh, I haven't done a lot of commissions. Um, Is it because you're just you'd rather not have to deal with it because it's an extra layer? I've had layer. some really bad experience with people. I, I had one in Texas or in uh, that was a ranch 
outside of San Antonio and they said, we love your cows, we want you to do cows, so do some cows. So they sent me a picture of their herd and the herd is all these butt shots of the cows. The cows are <laughs> running away and they said, we want that picture, but turn them around. Oh my God. Okay, so, so I get pictures, because I shoot a lot of longhorns. Right. So I put this together and I'm trying to do I, and I do a pencil sketch, which I, you know, really don't do that, but I did for them. And uh, they said, well, we, we want to see more color in it. I go, well, that's what I'm known for is color. The color will come. Just do you like the arrangement? I mean, this went on for months and months oh, and yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't give me a deposit. And finally, uh, oh, and I mean, it was a nice, I liked the painting. And, and finally I said, you know what, this isn't working. And the ladies were, this was so close. My husband almost liked it. I go, mm -mm, nope, nope, nope. And so then I immediately sold the painting for him. <laughs> so that was, you know, that was my reward. But uh, I'm not uh, keen on, right. on doing that. But it seems like it might be easier to build some um, uh, credibility through these big shows and exhibitions. So you know, the I gallery. Get, yeah, I do get, um, you know, Instagram is helpful. I get uh, people who have bought my artwork or something, they will see me on Instagram before Facebook. Mm -hmm. So Instagram is really helpful. And in fact, I had just before coming, I had a lady said, I really like this piece. Mm. And I just put that piece in a show. So I said, I can't sell it to you right now. Right. And she, but then she says, well, I already have a couple pieces of yours. Oh, wow. so I'm like, oh, cool. Collector. Said, well, you would definitely be on my list. Yeah, yeah good, you know? good. So I guess the goal is like, let's try to build as much attention through doing some really good exhibitions Well, you shows. get the buyers, you know, the bigger right. the show, the people actually come to buy. Right. You know, there's some mammoth shows out there, and the prices are extraordinary. Oh, I can't so, imagine. Yeah. You know. And then, and then eventually they find you at galleries that you're represented by, and then that kind of yeah. Or they, or they go to the same, or they go to the show looking for you. Or they go to the show looking yeah. for you. Yeah. Wow. So that's nice. That is very nice. Yeah, it, it takes is, a lot yeah. of work. Though. Yeah, I know. Because in the beginning, I mean, especially if I sold something, I was always flattered that. You weren't my mom buying it. You're somebody I don't know. That's really cool. Right. You know? Exactly. So. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but you are going to be uh, at the show this evening yep. at the Artist for Artist yes. show, and you're gonna everybody's gonna swarm, swarm. Well, you know, I only got to give out five awards. That was that's not enough. I wanted, you know, there's some really nice paintings I saw yeah there is I've got only got a glance at a few of them that I people that I follow on uh -huh. on social media yeah. and they posted some of their artwork yeah. that they have in the show so yeah there are some really good ones I saw there too um, so I'm looking forward to to Can going I, and, yeah. and seeing everybody I don't know if I'm gonna get a good chance to see all the art because I think there's gonna be a lot of people there they're supposed to have 500 people tonight so that's You're what kidding. I heard. Yeah. 500 people. Yeah. So I don't know if we have to get in the oh queue gosh. and go in or what. <laughs> yeah, you know? no kidding. And that's the first time I've seen the venue. They built that after I right, got that's right. So that's that right. Was, that's, that was after you left. It's very, very pretty. They did a great yeah. job. Yeah. And you remember where the shriveling was? Yes. Um, it was yes. at the quartermaster yes. and, and the commissary. Yes. Um, so yeah, there was a big change after the shriveling decided to discontinue and then they picked it up Julie Raymond and yep. and uh, yeah. her group and so I'm looking forward to the layout I think it's all around the entire building is it not yes there's yeah. like a, a big core uh, something in the middle and then the big hallway that surrounds the core and uh, that's where it's hanging on 
both walls. So. Wow, that's going to be very exciting. Yeah, very nice. Um, what do you think about the art scene here in, in town now that you've I been always, back? I always love it. I mean, it um, it's, it's growing again. When I first got here, I think there was an extra explosion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, when I moved here, all these cool artists were oh, here. Yeah. Then there, I know a few of them left, and they moved back, and so... Uh, and now there are a lot of new people that I haven't met that I right. can't wait to meet. Yeah, and now there's a yeah there's a lot of new blood as well. Yeah, uh, even some bigger artists that came from Austin and other areas that came mm-hmm. here to settle in just to kind of. Yeah. I think they noticed the same thing you probably noticed in '06, which was calmness. The yeah. prices for everything are right. lower. Yeah. You know, it's just easier to get stuff done. Well, everybody supports it. The community is so yeah. supportive. It's not just artists i mean i've been there's a one club that i was in and they'd have a show uh and it was a a texas group not from san angelo and the only people that show up at the shows were the artists Mm -hmm. but this one the community comes out they support it the plein air show that they have now i mean that's national too that's really impressive it's something else yeah yeah it's it's really was something else to see all the different pieces start to come together and 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 get a lot of attention yeah everybody's kind of doing their part and yeah, yeah the community is supportive yeah. uh, I know a lot of people that are not artists that wanted to go to the show this yeah. evening so should be a really yeah. good well if they're not in this year I would hope that they're inspired to like I'm going to get in that show next year. Exactly. Yeah, I hope so. I really do. Um, Have you had a chance to meet the new owners of the chicken farm yet? No, I haven't. No. Okay. They'll probably be there this evening. Okay. Uh, Yeah, Justin Justin Oaks and his wife will be there, so hopefully you'll get a chance. I did mention you um, to them. Okay. I saw Justin just a few nights ago, and uh, I mentioned him to you, or mentioned you to him, and but now I've mentioned him to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so he's aware, and I told him, you know, she was at the chicken farm, and you really need to meet her. You know, she was a, a big part of that history and mm-hmm. you know legacy that that Roger left so behind. I, I was like there for five or seven years, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, but wow, what what a time period you were there yeah. for. Yeah. You know, there, some some really great artists were there during right. that time period right. with you as well. So that's really great to hear. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, sure. uh, Mijo. Thanks for giving me the time. And I know you're really busy and you're trying to enjoy your time here well, yeah. in between getting on the road and, and yes. doing all the other yes. stuff you got to do. It's been fun. Even my husband said, boy, we've been busy. Yeah, <laughs> that's I bet. Yeah. yeah. So that, Great. That's good. Uh, well, I'm going to stop the interview there. Okay. Thank you. Be good.